Welcome back to another week of makeup masking and murder. I'm here with Mackenzie and Andy. Hey guys. Hi. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, today, for those of you who are here for the first time, we always start out with our product spotlights. Um, I'll go first since yeah. I'm used to it. Yeah. So, my product of the week is Super Goop's Glow Stick. It's sunscreen, SPF 50. Um, it's a great sunscreen. It doesn't leave any residue. It has been really good for my skin. Like, it hasn't given me any breakouts. It's very light. Um, but my little makeup artist secret here is not only do I use it as a sunscreen, but I go in and use it as a highlighter on my cheekbones, my nose, and Andy, you're eyeing it. You're eyeing it. I know what you're going to use it for now. No, but it's honestly an incredible product. It's lasted me. I got it last August. Well, oh, wow. It's August now. So it's lasted me a year, and it was Ooh. $25. So That's not bad at all. So, yeah, go check it out. Super Goop Glow Stick. Nice. Oh, yeah. Ken's, what do you have for us? <laughs> um, I don't use a whole ton of beauty products as it is, yeah. um, but I really loved the um, Neutrogena Grapefruit um, Oil-Free Acne Wash, actually, lately. Mm. And they're, even, like, their wipes and lotion, the grapefruit one. Mm-hmm. The way the smell It's so The good. smell is, like, I mean, it, like, lasts all day, too. Like, I'll do it in the morning, and it's yeah. so nice. And, like, my face, like is so soft <laughs> well and you have amazing skin thank you so. yeah but that's really what i've loved secret. using lately good yeah she might get that skin from your dad just, you, just guys both, you guys both you guys both have great jeans <laughs> um my product it's not necessarily a beauty product but <laughs> it's, it makes it's you all smell relevant. good yeah um, <laughs> is the duke cannon big ass beer soap okay um it actually is has old milwaukee beer has one of the wow. ingredients in it. It doesn't smell like beer. It smells <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, beer. so what does <laughs> it smell like? Cause... Hopefully not. No, it doesn't smell like beer, it, and it's literally a big ass bar of soap, <laughs> and it's probably lasted me, I mean, at least six weeks so far. Yeah. I think I've had it, so it's, and it's still not even close to being done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's my, that's Sweet. my product. Perfect. That is awesome. Yes. Thanks for sharing. Of course. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, Ken's. Yeah. They sound great. Yeah. Um, always, as always, listeners, if you try them out, let us know. Let us know what you think. Yes. So let's dive in to the spooky stuff. Yes. So today's a true crime-based episode, and we are going to talk about the case of Susan Powell. December 6, 2009 was the last time Susan Powell, a resident of West Valley, Utah, was ever seen. Andy and Mackenzie just happened to live in the same neighborhood as the Powell family as the nightmare unraveled. This case is one with a lot of twists and turns, and there's so much on this case, like <laughs> 18 full so episodes yeah. done by the amazing crew over at KSL, um, the podcast yeah. Cold. Check it out. It's seriously My amazing. My yeah, Dave Colley did a really good job, and, and I think they spent 18 months close to... Yeah you know, putting on that all together and it yeah. was fantastic. So, yeah. and they seriously went, not only was it like on the case, but they went back through Josh and Susan's like childhoods yeah. and they like touched all on of it, the family and the future and what's happened since that. Like it, yeah. they did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. So go listen to that. If you want to know the full details, we're yes. kind of just given a rundown today because we can't even touch that. They were yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, today we're just going to dive into the story and hit some hard-hitting facts and explore some what-ifs later on. When it comes down to it, no one knows what happened for sure, and we honestly may never know. No matter what happened, we send prayers of love and healing to all of Susan's friends and family and really hope they get the answers they're looking for one day. 
So, Josh and Susan Powell were married in April of 2001. Um, early on, the couple had had a pretty bad, like a pretty tumultuous, tumultuous relation- <laughs> relationship. It was like one of those things, at least from the story, it sounded like it was all great. Yeah. And then they got yeah. married and instantly oh, yeah. it was like, nope, this is really who I am. Right. Yeah. Um, just pretty like the normal things, like with finances, struggling with their faith, to more serious, irregular issues, like a father-in-law who was extremely inappropriate and making constant constant advances um, towards Susan. Later on, arrested for child pornography, it was a nightmare, really. Um, from all of Susan's journal entries and the letters to friends that, re- that they released, you can tell that Susan was really unhappy yeah. in her marriage and I just want to touch back on Steve I was literally like my yeah. eyes were rolled back oh in my, my gosh. head he it's disgusting <laughs> and I don't know how much detail you know I don't want to jump ahead for you but I mean we don't go much those, I don't talk about Steve at all honestly there that was so twisted and and again if you've followed along on KSL's cold podcast website they have pictures of yeah. all the stuff that Steven collected that yeah. was Susan's that was just and footage that he took of her. Oh yeah, that was. Well, insane. yeah. One of the things I, you know, I'll get to is that he had over forty five hundred pictures of Susan that she had no knowledge that he ever took. Yeah. It's just it was he was I don't know if you can say it any better than just saying that he was a complete creep. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh for sure. Well, <laughs> and I mean, evidence came out and that it wasn't even just her, but I think she was a really main focus. Oh and definitely. So she clearly was just trying to make the best of an awful situation. Um, Josh was super controlling, narcissistic, and dismissive, but that wasn't how the relationship started. And I suspect that she thought it was a phase that would eventually pass. Um, I can't imagine being in that scenario with two kids. Well, you just feel trapped. Well, with a mountain of debt, like, in general, like, with everything going on, that was, like, the last thing you would think would yeah. keep happening. No, exactly. Sure. And didn't he, like, put a lot of the debt in her name, too? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Like, he, he completely trapped her. Like, yeah. There was no way out. She was, yeah. There was no way out. And he couldn't even hold a real job, either. Oh, like, yeah. She, he was always like, oh, I'm going to start this company and that. I need to invest. And then every penny yeah. she made, he took. Like, mm-hmm. she was never allowed to do anything yeah, for she had herself. To, she had to ask before she did anything. And she was never really even allowed to do anything. Yeah. Even if she did ask. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, and I actually have a friend who lives in their neighborhood who actually got her hair cut by Susan. Oh, wow. And she told me an experience that one time she got her hair cut and she goes, okay, well, how much did this cost? And she's like, let me go ask Josh. Like, it was down to that. Like, she couldn't even choose her own prices. That's insane. Like, that's just so weird, too. I don't know. Well, it just doesn't make sense. mm -mm. Um, shortly before Susan went missing, she started saying things to people like, if something happens to me, look into Josh, like those sorts of things. Um, Susan had actually written a will, which she kept in her desk at work. Um, she had made a video of all of their assets and belongings, um, for insurance purposes. I don't know if you like, have you listened to that or even seen it? I've listened to it. Andy, what are your, have you listened to it? Did you listen to that? Yeah. When she took an inventory of like, here's the... So, drills and the, the standards that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. what was the point of that, like, from her perspective? Because she was like, oh, if anything happens in a fire. But obviously she kept it in her desk. She kept it hidden yeah. from Josh. It wasn't. Um, I don't know that I necessarily have a, a theory about that. I think their relationship is so different than what probably the normal, you know, you and I and, and yeah. Mackenzie, we, we are used to. I think that 
it was so twisted that there yeah. could be a no- number of reasons as to mm-hmm. why she was doing that. It could be just, you know, so maybe she was getting ready to divorce him, like yeah. like someone said, and they wanted she wanted an accounting of the assets so she could say. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. that. So that that was my thought is that's yeah. what she was doing yeah. is getting an accounting of the assets and and. You know, there there's talk that she had actually gone to an attorney, and that was something that yeah. they had requested. Yeah, oh, okay. was was something yeah. that you know they could they could start to build that case, and and obviously you know they didn't have a lot of assets, and but I think anything, you know, personally having gone through a divorce, it it's not you know you kind of are it becomes pretty combative and, and you you know you take what you can get and, yeah. and try to get all that stuff so that would be my thought as to well, what it was well especially with him being such a taker oh, like what sure. did he provide yeah That's exactly every time i've listened to Cole's like twice now <laughs> i won't even lie i've gone through it but i just stop and i think to myself i'm like what did he provide her besides yeah. children nothing she was no. getting nothing no. good out of this never no <laughs> Um, and then also, they had a bank account, or she had a bank account that oh, he wasn't yeah. able to access, but he wasn't right? Able to was it through sure. her work? Do you know? Through Wells Fargo? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I, okay. that I just, have read I know. where that was. Okay. So, on December 7th, 2009, no, because it was the 6th, right? The 6th was the night before. of the 6th. Okay, okay. So... On the evening of December 6, 2009, we were hit with a huge blizzard that caused concern for the daycare owner when the Powell boys didn't show up at their regular scheduled time. All of us Salt yeah. Lake residents, we know how these blizzards can yeah. be. Like, the storm gets insane, oh, comes definitely. out of nowhere. Seriously, it'll be sunny the day before. So yeah. you don't plan your extra 30 minutes in your sure. commute. Yeah. And B, everyone decides to drive, like, insane. <laughs> <Animals. here. laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, they just forget no, how to definitely. drive. So being an hour late, though, not out of the question. But then yeah. two and not a call, you're kind of like, oh. yeah. And Usually then three hours. Yeah, so three <laughs> hours pass, and you're like, okay, this is sketchy. Like, yeah. not even necessarily straight to something happened, but they yeah. could have been in a car accident. They could be trapped in their house. You know, well, whatever. was that at one point where, like, she, they Susan had talked to the daycare owner kind of about how their marriage was? Yeah, I think I she think could she kind see of, like, it, too, because Josh just wouldn't show up. Yeah. And, Susan's friends would have to bring her from work to yeah. get the kids. Right. Like, well, just more he would concerning. Just be MIA. Yeah. So I think it was it was in the back of everyone's mind. Yeah. Everyone I know who's met him. Well, did you guys ever meet him? I never met him. And, and one of the things I want to talk to about that, and I'll get to a little bit later, just kind of the environment of the area. And Mackenzie, you know, when we lived in that area, you yeah. were probably nine or ten. Probably, you, I yeah. think so. And so, um, you know, just the, the environment of like where people lived and and there's there's a religious aspect to a lot of this yeah. right mm-hmm. and so they were members of the church and then josh fell away yeah. and um you know you see that you know in his videos they got married in the temple in washington yeah. and they yeah. had the reception in a church you know an lds church and and i think that there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of judgment yeah in the church um for sure you know having a been felt judged and because of for example for me getting divorced and I think that you know that may have played into some things here for Josh and Susan and um, but that's what I remember is kind of more the environment of like she went missing and then it was became a huge you know community neighborhood thing and um, but you know personally I didn't I never met Josh and Susan I knew I know still where their house is or that you know the house in Sarah Circle is yeah so we were we were really close to to that um when that happened yeah well and also 
Um, and maybe we'll, well, I'll just touch on it now. Like, I, you even hear, and I think they touched on this in cold, but they they were at, like, a ward, which is, like, a LDS yeah. um, congregation. Yeah. Right, yeah. is yeah. what you called it. Party the weekend before, and Josh was literally talking about, oh, yeah. like, these, it was, like, some show, like, 48 hours or something like that. And he was like, people are so dumb. Like, yeah, there's so many easier that. ways to do this. Like, if I were to hide a body, I'd hide it in a mine. Yeah. So let's just we'll <laughs> put a pin in that. Remember that <laughs> for later. Um, but yeah, either way, it was unsettling to not hear anything. It just wasn't yeah. like them. Um, she called both of them. Their voice, their phones went straight to voicemail. So that's another thing that's just red flag. Mm-hmm. Um they made the connection that Susan didn't even make it to work. So eventually the cops were involved. I think it was her sister who made the call, or his sister who made the call, right? Because I think that they were initially concerned that there may have been some uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, yeah. So So the cops show up, and there were no tracks in the driveway, which on such a blizzard like that... You would see something. You would see something. At least Um, tire tracks mm -hmm. from a car leaving. Yeah, and you know how you can kind of tell when you open the garage and, like, snows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was nothing. So, basically, they didn't see any tracks, and they believed that they may be inside carbon monoxide poisoning, like you were saying. So, they eventually broke in, and there was no sign of anyone. Basically, the only movement in the house was a fan that was directed straight on a freshly cleaned couch and carpet. No red flags here. Like, okay. (laughs) So, hours later, they get a hold of Josh. And he seriously was... They called him, and they're like, Josh, you need to come home. Like, is Susan with you? Do you have the boys? What's going yeah. on? And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll be home soon. Like, made the cops. Didn't even and say everyone wait were. two more hours. Yeah. Finally arriving, claiming that he took the boys for an impromptu camping trip at midnight on a Sunday. In a blizzard. In a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> like, like who we does all that? live in Utah. That's not a thing. Who does that? I've never known anyone. No one is buying this. No, no. one. So, but he was a vault. Like, he would not crack. He wouldn't give the cops anything. He used his children as a distraction when they were trying to question them. So they finally, the cops were like, you, we're not questioning you here. You need to come downtown or to the office. Don't bring your kids. Like, I think they even offered to arrange a sitter. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was, they were like, seriously, come. And yeah. he was two hours late. Just... Well, and he brought the kids, too. He yeah, didn't. he did bring the kids. He, oh, he did. He did, yeah. Because they kept... Yeah, he brought them with the first time. The first time they had yeah. him come The down. next yeah. day, they yes. wanted him to yeah, come yeah. and not bring the kids yeah. that time. Yeah, so he just used that as a distraction, being like, oh, are they okay? Like, they're just sitting there playing. They're yeah. fine. Well, he said the reason they had to, they were two hours late was because he had to stop and get them food. Yeah, which I'm Which sorry. it doesn't take two hours. Does Wendy's drive-thru take exactly. two hours? No. Sometimes it does. Depends on which one. <laughs> <you're laughs> well, we'll avoid that one. <laughs> yeah. Um... But, yeah, so they initially do a search of his car, and they find Susan's cell phone. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. How'd, how'd that get there? Sure. Casual. <laughs> like, he, and it wasn't even, he had no cause for concern. Like, he was not concerned that his wife wasn't there. He was showing no emotion. Not at all. Um, so they finally get him in for these interviews, and they, like, grill him for hours and hours. And finally, he does this, and you have to go listen to the recording. He finally starts crying, air quotes, and he's not crying. He's literally going... <laughs> Yeah. Like this horrible <laughs> no sniffling yeah. that will just make your ears bleed. 
And then they're like, okay, well, you're not a suspect. Instantly off. Yeah. Like, he could just turn it on and off. So, yeah. it was a mess. <laughs> he was... Yeah. Well, uh, this whole time, he never really had any emotion towards mm-mm. the whole situation at all. No, he wasn't worried Besides about his for that time so. where he was crying yeah. or whatever. I think you see in the story there's a lot of non-emotion in situations that there would be emotion. That yeah. you, a normal person would have emotion. Yeah. Which I think starts to help and I'm not a psychologist at all and which will make that clear but you can see the the foundation of him not having normal yeah. emotions like a person and I point to the example of when they found out that or when Susan went into labor I'm not sure if it was with oh yeah which which boy it was but they told him hey Susan's going into labor and he said oh, yeah. call your parents have him take you to the hospital. Yeah. Well, she was there. And And then she was there, and he's sitting on his computer typing, remember? And they're like, the baby's coming. She's been pushing, like... Yeah. And he was just... He's just sitting. He didn't do anything. And I think also their wedding day, which is an emotional day for everyone, he, like, in the videos, he was just too busy playing with his dad's video camera. He wasn't even hanging out with his wife. So you could just see that disconnect. There, There's definitely a disconnect, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A few fries short of a happy meal, for For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So just a few weeks after Susan disappeared, Josh decided to take the boys back to Washington. Um, the boys were not adjusting well. They were they made a few eye, eyebrow-raising comments, leading everyone to believe he had somewhat of an idea of what had happened, what had possibly happened. Um, and Josh, that was the older boy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. Um, Josh ended up losing custody of the boys um, on February in February of. Um, 2012, a social worker was taking the boys to see their father for a routine custody visit visit with Josh when Josh abruptly grabbed the boys and locked the social worker out. Um, She immediately called 911 and reported being able to smell gasoline. Um, Minutes later, there was an explosion and the house engulfed in flames. Um, and I don't know, you've listened to that 911 call, right? Which was the most ridiculous was, thing I've ever it heard. It gets me so heated every time I hear it. Like, every time. I just, it blows my mind that I, she's literally trying to explain to this operator yeah. what's going on. And it's just, they're like, oh, it's, it's I mean, I think really... regardless, they wouldn't have stopped it because it happened so Oh, yeah, like, for but that sure. But that was just one of those moments. It was just hard to listen to when you, like, especially knowing, of course, what like, ends up happening. It's just, like, you you should have done something better. Not that they could have really done I anything know. better, but I wish that something else had happened. Obviously, well, it just everyone makes does. Well, worry. And, you know, I'm sure it was some fluke thing. It was their yeah. first day oh, on the job. Sure. Like, you never know the yeah. situation. Right. And I think there's been misdirected, in my opinion, misdirected, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but people have gone at the social worker and saying, why did you take the kids over there? Why, you know, there was well, a... because yeah. that was her job. That was her she job, right? She yeah. Did, yeah. I don't think she did anything wrong. I no, think and she I did. definitely didn't. Knowing Josh, he probably literally shoved her. Oh. He didn't care about people. Well, like, he could have knocked her over, you know? He wasn't a gentle, well, caring didn't, person. Didn't they say that, like, he looked at her and, like, kind of, like, and smiled, smiled at her yeah. and then shut the door? So it wasn't like he just hurried and, like, he, like, smiled at her. Like, he knew exactly what was going to happen. Oh. He Absolutely. knew what he was doing. He looked at her and then shut the door. It's not like he was, like, trying to hurry either. No. He just knew what was going to happen. Well, and it came out in emails later. Like, he had emailed his attorney. He had emailed his family. And basically, it was just like, what did he say? Like, I'm sorry. That's it. I think he sent one to his sister, uh-huh. to, to Alina. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and I don't know if you're, you're going to get to it, but I think the thing that sometimes we talk about the fire and the explosion, but there was a hatchet found. Yeah. And yeah. the yeah. kids and were 
hit hit with that <laughs> which, which is before like, just he, next level next yeah. level disgusting like you could have just blown everyone up you yeah but you had to it. Yep. that just showed how sadistic he was like um it makes me ill yeah so. he was just a sick man <laughs> and he died with the answers yeah no one's gonna know yeah. there was one like they thought his brother may have known something but he committed suicide yeah. was it before josh did this or after i feel like it was it was after, after, after. and he lived in minnesota he jumped off of a parking garage yeah. um so and steve steve's dead now too but i don't think he actually knew what happened do you I don't. I personally, I I'm gonna, don't think so. I'm gonna get to that. Okay. Okay. We'll let you touch on that. So should we take a commercial break now? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Hello, my friends. This is Brad Newfeld, host of the Five Kingdoms Radio Show, right here on the Tribe of Kings Information Network. Be sure and tune in weekly to hear the latest and greatest on the Tribe of Kings, and also to learn all those things that you need to do to be the best that you can be. My name is Abby, and I'm the host of the podcast Makeup, Masking, and Murder. I'm a hair and makeup artist who's been in the industry for about five years now, and I'm extremely passionate about what I do. I'm also a skincare enthusiast, so that's where the masking part comes in. I spend so much time trying out new products, researching new products, finding the best of the best, and I can't wait to share with you guys what I found. Now onto the spooky part, which I know a lot of you are here for. I love everything spooky and basically have since birth. I love horror movies, I love haunted houses, I love it all. Ghosts, favorites, <laughs> aliens, obsessed, Bigfoot, wish he was my uncle. I just love anything about the unknown and all the mysteries of this earth and the further. <laughs> when I was young, I lived in a state that had three very big true crime cases and sneaking over my uncle's shoulder and watching the news which my parents would be mortified about but it started my true crime obsession and I've been into it ever since so I love researching and studying basically what drives people to perform these horrible acts so if any of these things interest you you're in the right place pull up a chair stay a while tell me your stories send me messages i'd love to hear all of your theories and stories and interests that you feel like you can't share with anyone else or you'd get locked up i'm right there with you so thanks so much for being here new episodes every monday you can find us on wherever you listen to your regular podcasts and you can find us on the Five Kingdoms Radio. So thanks for coming, guys. Bye. Makeup, masking, and Hello there, everyone. This is Brad Newfeld of The Brad Newfeld Show. Listen to my show weekly here on the Tribe of Kings Information Network. Tune in so you can discover the things that will help you in your life in the areas of self-worth, success, relationships, and overall well-being. And we're back um, here with Mackenzie and Andy, and we've just given you kind of the backstory or brief summary of the Susan Powell case and 
Now Andy's here to heat this up <laughs> with maybe some alternate endings or conspiracies on, you know, what could have been. So take it away. And I, and I want to be clear that there are conspiracy theories, right? And yeah. so the first thing I want to say is uh, my intent with a conspiracy theory isn't to minimize or diminish domestic abuse and violence. By all accounts, Josh was a pretty emotionally, yeah. verbally abusive guy to yeah. Susan. And um, I just want to say if, if someone you know... You have friends or family that are in the situation. Um, there's always help. Um, you know, reach out. And I, you know, Susan felt trapped, and I, yeah. and you know, yeah. but I hope people don't feel, you know, trapped, and, and they can reach out to people. Yeah. I also also don't want to glance over, and we talked about it earlier, but I don't want to overlook and and minimize what Josh did with the boys. Right. Yeah. That's. No. I think they're two separate issues, two separate crimes. Um, well, and even what he did with Susan when she was living. You know what I mean? Right. Like, when yeah. it comes down to it, either way, he was horrible. Oh, horrible. for sure. Yeah. So, we talked about it earlier. We lived, uh, Mackenzie and I, Mackenzie's my daughter. Um, yeah. If <laughs> you guys didn't get, gather Cuties. that earlier. Um, and so, we lived in that area um, during this time and it, yeah. it was and, and I mentioned earlier there was I think it is very critical to part of my my what I'm going to talk about is that the LDS church in this you know is was part of their life was part of their life and and there's a lot of stigma that comes with things that fall outside of you know the church and, and like you said air quotes right yeah. divorce affairs things like that when that those stuff comes up there's yeah. substance abuse exactly that's a great point um, there's, you know, you're kind of, you're, there's a lot of judgment. Um, I think that's might've changed and I, you know, I'm not going to go down that, but I think that at that time there was a lot of judgment in the situation sure. that was going on. Yeah. So, um, so especially how did, being in Utah though. <laughs> oh, for oh. sure. Because the LDS church in Utah is a whole nother thing. It's just, yeah, not in, so it's different. just, it's very, there's a lot of it here. And yeah. I think. They're almost different branches of it here. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like, it's 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 a different culture. It's like yeah. a culture yes. from the it's, LDS church. It's not necessarily the LDS church. Yeah. It's like the culture that's come off of it. You know what I mean? And I yes. think, you know, and again, I don't, people who live here, they, they know it. It's not like, you you know, it's, no. it's just, you you understand that the no, church is here. Does. Like you said, yeah. it's cultural. It's very ingrained in yeah. what goes on. In, it's talked in, about everywhere. Yes. Oh, everywhere. <laughs> like, you're lying if you haven't had a client ask you oh, about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Sure. It, yeah. You'd hear about it at work. You hear about it everywhere. And that's just There's the way no it is escape. here. It's, and it's involved in politics. Yeah. And just, sure. It, it is what it's it is. thing, yeah. It's just different. For sure. So my, my first question is, yeah. Nobody knows how Susan died. I think that there's no real mm -hmm. physical evidence yeah. of how Susan died. Now, there was blood found um, in the house. Um, we, you kind of touched on it earlier. There was the box fans that were blowing on the carpet and on the, the couch. Mm -hmm. um, there was blood found on the tiles. Uh, the, yeah. And it was... They, they, it was trace. It was, it was trace. Like, pin, like, it was ballpoint pen, like a couple of spots on the tile so um which i want to say the blood analysis person sorry that's not a technical word but they said that on the tile it was like it um it like matched like if someone coughed yeah which she could have had a bloody nose weeks earlier and didn't see it and wiped mm -hmm. it up so that's not complete evidence and i don't know if you've seen pictures of the house at the time it wasn't the 
cleanest house yeah. either. So I, yeah. that's a that's a definitely possibility. Yeah. yeah. So m- my theory is that that wasn't necessarily blood from any kind of violent act that Josh took on on Susan. Um, I, you know, we're all kind of armchair blood splatter experts if you've watched Dexter at all. So <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of blood that that you you learn a lot. I mean, in a way that. Blood is very telling of situations, and I mm-hmm. think if there was a situation where Susan died and he had to move that body, and I think you would have, in my opinion, found more blood than what was found. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. Um, I also go back to, if anybody's watched my other, another favorite show, Making a Murderer, on Netflix, yeah. about yeah. Stephen Avery oh, case. Yeah. Um, there, There's a lot of blood, potential blood issues where you know, they claim someone, you know, she was killed in a bedroom and there was still no blood found at all in the bedroom, right? And so blood is, ve- my point is blood is very telling and I don't think it tells any story yeah. in this. There's, again, so when I talk about physical evidence, there's no blood physical evidence in my opinion. Well, and I think it's like, if he, if they weren't married, it was, he was some guy and there was blood at his house that was hers. That'd be one thing. But yeah. they lived in this they, house. Right. Going back to that, it's For, like definitely. they lived together. They, It's not like it was blood out of place. Right. Yeah. Right. So. For sure. Um, they didn't find any other blood in the van. Mm-hmm. They didn't, and then, and then I know the theory that they wrapped him up, and we can reference Dexter again, and he, you know, wrapped her up in plastic or something, but, <laughs> or, you know, but there was no blood found in the car. There was no blood. They did have the cadaver dog that hit on his brother's car that there was, he potentially was involved mm-hmm. somehow, but there's never any blood or any other evidence found in there. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm building, yeah. <laughs> I'm building to it. There's no physical evidence well, in Well, like, can of I cases. add something? Sure. Josh wasn't a big guy. No. Yeah, he wasn't. No. Do you see him doing that alone? It, like, I, <laughs> I do not see him murdering her, wrapping her up in plastic, taking her to the car by himself. Yeah. Like, and not making a mess. There's no way. There not being any evidence. And yeah, he had the rug and, doctor yeah. and cleaned up, but in one spot. Right. Yeah. You know? So. Um, then I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about Charlie... One, one of the boys, mm-hmm. who's the one that claimed that, you know, that mommy came with them to the desert. Yeah. But then they left her behind. Right. Yeah. And um, one of the things, you know, in the cold podcast, and I will reference that a lot, is is Detective Ellis Maxwell, who was the lead investigator. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot from him on that podcast. Yeah. And Never very did. intelligent. Obviously, he knew mm-hmm. what he, he was. He did the best that he could in that. I think that they, the law limited them, the evidence limited them in what they could do. Um, but at the time he believed that, um, what Charlie said was true. They were going with that idea that Susan went with him and and maybe he didn't realize that Susan, that Susan was dead, but actually if you go back and, and Maxwell now, detective Maxwell doesn't actually believe that, um, Susan went out with him to the desert. And so, um, I think there's not a lot of evidence that she did go out with their midnight yeah. blizzard camping yeah. trip is and so <laughs> yeah. well um, and it could have been as simple as josh planting that in his brain i mean when, you, when you're that age and yeah someone tells you like oh yeah mom's with us she's just in the trunk and yeah i know it could sound one way whereas like oh they got her that's the bo-, you know but then it could be like oh yeah she's just with us but she can't see us like he was trying yeah, to plant that can't seed see her. Yeah. <laughs> right i don't know <laughs> for um, sure but I, I have five kids, and uh, my youngest right now is six. 
and she remembers the most craziest <laughs> details. And that's how it's been with all of my kids. Okay, like, then maybe I'm completely very wrong. Very actually. <laughs> well, how old was Charlie? Because I thought he was like... Four, I believe. Okay. He was okay. four and Brayden was two at the yeah. time. Okay. And so four years old... That's... They're, yeah, you, I didn't remember. You that's when you... Okay, they start never mind. You, scratch that. Giving <laughs> you that information that like you're like, how do you remember that? Right. Yeah. Where did like where do you get that from? <laughs> Start repeating your swear words yeah, that you exactly. said in yeah. the other room. Exactly. <laughs> but I think I think Charlie did remember that. Okay. I think they remember kids remember that kind of like okay. just random facts and yeah. things and places yeah. you've been and and I think Charlie I think Susan did go with them to the desert and I'm gonna get to kind of that in a second. So okay. um <laughs> There was some physical evidence that they found. Again, we talked about the blood. Mm-hmm. One of the things they talked about is he burned some stuff. So in, the, in there, they talked about that he had an acetylene torch oh, and yeah. that he burned some kind of metallic object. Yeah. But they never really identified they, what Exactly. It was, right? And so, actually, again, great work by KSL and Dave mm-hmm. Colley. They actually tried to recreate potentially what it was that he burned oh, down. Yeah. So they took a cell phone that would have been in the you know the 2000 age cell phone it was mostly plastic and it burnt like right away and they yeah. knew kind of that wasn't it and the next thing they burned was a hard drive and so oh i didn't they, know that yeah so they yeah. took a hard drive burned it and potentially i mean they couldn't say for oh yeah that's totally it but there's it you know you can make it look like that it could have potentially you know different manufacturers things yeah. like that so yeah. it could factors. potentially with the, with the metal that they found it could have potentially sure. been that yeah. okay so Which um they, they he was I, I don't know if we really touched on this but he was super into computers oh yes. yeah he was super like private with his computer am i right very private oh. encrypted stuff yeah like, Completely. they still haven't been able to crack his mm-hmm. computer, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah, which is insane with the technology we have yeah. now. And I don't get how... I don't know. I don't... So, <laughs> again, no physical... Like, again, no physical evidence of yeah. her death, of anything. Um, they also found in the trash potentially some kind of food item because the, the theory was that she was drugged, right? Where she was drugged in the house. The pancakes. That's right. The pancakes, yes. cream cheese. That like the thing only time he cooked ever. ever. Cooked, right. Yeah. But, right. I mean, maybe he was craving it. And... Oh, potentially. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Pancakes <laughs> are good. Uh, yum. I crave those. Let's go get pancakes now. <laughs> now I'm going to need some pancakes after this. So, but they, they found some food in there and they tested all that and there was no trace of any drugs or substances that potentially would have drugged her Wait, I all. feel like I missed an episode. Was this on cold? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't it's, know they ran, that they were, that they ran Well, it's because that was the, the day that the neighbor or whatever was there, and Susan decided to go take a nap while she was still there finishing. Yeah, 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 but I didn't know that they, oh, that yeah. they were able to recover some of the yeah. food. And it was out of the garbage, like, oh, it yeah. was in the garbage yeah. can. They, yeah. they got it out of the trash. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so again, building, no mm-hmm. physical evidence, still yeah. not there. None. Um. The next thing is Michael. There was the issue where potentially they thought that the brother, Michael, had been involved somehow. He had a Ford Taurus that um, broke down in the middle of Oregon, and they had a, he just decided to take it to a junkyard, get it salvaged, got 100 bucks from it. Um, and it took the cops two years to figure out that he, that car was, might have been involved somehow, and they went to the junkyard, and they had a cadaver dog go and 
Oh, and the car was still there. The car was still there. It was minus some parts, yeah. but it was still there. And the dog went hit right on the car. Yeah. But, again, no DNA. Yeah. Still no nothing. nothing technically so, there. Yeah. Um, I bet this was so frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah. To be working on this oh. case. I have so much respect for them. Yeah. To just keep <laughs> sure. getting up every morning and going. Because Cause you still aren't you finding You think anything. you have a hit. And then right. yeah. just down nothing the there. again. So, did you know that Susan still isn't declared as dead? What? On her headstone, it says missing. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so typically, they declare someone dead after five years. If they're absent, is the law, is that they typically declare someone dead after five years. If So why have I made But the, yeah. the family, the Cox family, has asked that, this, that the judge not declare her dead. Because it doesn't actually have, it hasn't had any effect on, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, Hasn't had any effect on insurance payouts, life insurance. Yeah. But they've. She's actually still not declared dead. I didn't know that. I neither did I. So the Cox family has actually asked that the judge not do that. Is there like a certain time limit that they can keep asking them to do that? I, I don't know no, if no. if they can if it can it just go into perpetuity, like it's a special right? Special case, anyways, yeah. that they're requesting it. Like, yeah. I wonder if there really is something in that. So, I, I just found that really odd that they, because it doesn't affect anything else. I mean, I get the kind of emotional, like. It's like the final goodbye. The final yeah. goodbye. Oh, for sure. I but can't even imagine. Yeah. Why prolong that? I mean, why keep it going? Because just in my opinion, I mean, I, I would, heaven forbid this ever happens to me, right? Where I have to, to say, okay, let's just declare a family member deceased. Yeah. But, you know, they've already been through such a hard time and, and. Um, well, and then losing the boys and stuff, too. Oh, I think that just sure. adds another layer of they've gone through it. Right. I mean, it's it's their grandchild versus their daughter, but I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. That just feels like dragging it out, which, that's, that's again, everyone grieves yeah. differently. And I have no idea how I would react, but I think you would want to kind of close it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, especially I just after so long. Mm-hmm. It just, that's crazy to me. So, um... Okay, so here's my theory. Okay. <laughs> I don't... There, there's a theory that Susan's not dead. Okay. That she um, took off. And here's my reason. I think Susan found out early on about Josh's and potentially Stephen's pornography issues and just their overall creepiness. Yeah. And, <laughs> and mental health issues. They're, they're very... It's very generic, but I think that she found out some more specific details. We are all married. Yeah. And you you get to know somebody when well, you're married, yeah. right? Yeah, and so, living with someone is yeah. just like, oh. You kind of can't I feel like not. you learn every day, you know? Yeah. And I think she but. found out that Josh specifically and that Stephen, you know, there, there's been talk in, in the divorce papers when Stephen and his ex-wife got divorced when, when Josh was really young, that Stephen was showing Josh pornography. And I think that there was... Some yeah, very disgusting. Yeah. And I think that there was some kind of still existing relationship as it comes to pornography between oh. Josh and Stephen, and I think that Susan found out about that or in and around that time that she went missing, maybe early, you know, late November ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well, maybe around the time she started documenting everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, she had the, we talked about it, but Stephen had over forty five hundred pictures of her that she had no idea about. So gross. She had, you know, 
she had he had underwear of hers. I forgot about that actually. He had, had feminine products. That's of what I was. Hers. Yep, used feminine products of oh. hers. And that's when she was in the gross. bathroom, sometimes she'd see like a mirror trying yep. to come over, right? Yep. There was so much. Oh my gosh. Just guys, go, even if you don't listen to the full cult podcast, go on their website and you'll see yeah. all of this evidence. Like right. you yeah. touched The on pictures before. of all that stuff. But yeah. it's, I, when I was doing research for this, I showed Britain and his mouth just hit. Yeah. It's crazy. And we all can't forget about the song he wrote for Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, maybe we should put a freaking clip of that in here. It's so yeah, awful. It's, it's so, so bad. awful. <laughs> so and bad. So. so put me in jail. I said I love you. I couldn't help it. And you were mistaken if you thought I'd sheltered. I love you. So cough up my pain. You made my eyes. I spent the whole day through. I could be getting a mistaken impression Each time you seem to gaze at me You let me touch you softly Why is the question And the effect of So that song is really, really creepy Chills Chills Absolute Literal. Chills Chills uh, It's so... I can't And I the, just can't. the production value Zero yeah. Nothing there <laughs> Sorry, Nothing. I'm just gonna hit you where it hurts yeah. Right there too Cause... Gosh, so awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, so let's go back. I'm going to go back to my theory on this. <laughs> yes, so go back. She found out about all this stuff, and it could. I mean, I think she, she was. I think she was really smart. I think she, yeah. she was smart. I think she felt trapped. Um, I think when you're in a relationship, um, you don't see it the way that we see it now, right? We mm-hmm. a we have hindsight. Yeah. But yeah. b you know we probably all know people that are in relationships that we're like why are you in that relationship but they don't see that they don't they don't see it and so and i think again with it starting out really great it sounds like it did start out great and it's kind of like he was putting on this facade and then the second they were married he's like i don't have to well i don't i feel like you don't don't have to fake these emotions yeah yeah you know what i mean i feel like you don't get into a relationship knowing no no any of that so that's why it is it's like it's great all at first like everything seems fine and then you get later into your marriage and things start happening and that's yeah. when it snowballs. I also do want to touch on the fact that she, even in the midst of all of their problems, wanted to have more. Yeah. And I think she thought that would fix their marriage. Oh, and I don't even sure. think that's just an LDS thing. I think people will do that. They'll yeah. be like, oh, oh we'll definitely. have a kid. It'll bring us closer. It'll fix our It'll marriage. It'll fix I think, everything. Which, no. Not right? true. I, I haven't had kids, but I'm yeah, thinking no. that's a no. He's <laughs> shaking your head. No. no. <laughs> Kids are great, right? I'm not trying to diminish that because one's sitting right next to me. But <laughs> kids are the greatest, hardest thing ever, yeah. right? And so um, it won't solve problems. No. no. And but yeah, she she said in journal entries that she, she wanted to have more kids. She and, was like trying to have more yeah. right before, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even like before she had the second, she was like thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, early on there were there were issues happening, and she wanted their second child. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> just keep well, going back to, to that, sh- I think she confronted them. I think she either did it together and... Which I think she was strong. Like when Steve was inappropriate to her, she would call him out. Well, yeah, when she was in the truck with him or after Josh had to drive the, the semi truck and she in her the video kept recording and yeah, they caught their conversations. Advances. 
and you know he she she was I agree she was strong so I think she can confronted them about it and she um, called them out and I think this is where I'm gonna really go down a rabbit hole and and there was talk that Susan may have had some kind of relationship with another individual be it you know potentially at work and I think Jot and I don't think it was a long-term affair I think it might have been a one night kind of thing or just an emotional yeah potentially potentially I think I think Josh knew about it I think Josh potentially used that as leverage in for a while with her that you know whatever happened happened and he was using it as leverage and this goes back to my idea on the effect that the church had in their relationship. I think the just the idea that it ever came out that that Josh A had a pornography problem and yeah. B that Susan potentially had an affair. Mm-hmm. Just that that thinking about that overwhelm them to maybe not make the best decisions. Which yeah. I do want to touch on the fact that if she had an affair, I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to word that. But Josh wasn't intimate with her. No. Humans need that. Like, he... I think she wrote about in her journal, there was a while where he literally, like, wouldn't even hold hands with her. Because he was like, no, I'm going to get sick. Or it grosses me out. Or cuddling makes me uncomfortable. So, I mean, if something did happen, I wouldn't blame her. Because she... Humans need connection. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree completely. So... I, I don't think the the affair itself is my you know the point I'm making is that, no 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 but I'm just yeah. right no I, I agree I think 100 percent that played into right there's just so many pieces that play yeah. into her psychology and where she was at mentally yeah. um, so this is again my theory is I think that and I think that the, there's the biggest flaw here and I'll get to that in a second is I think Josh and or Stephen threatened her and the boys. I think they threatened to harm them, um, and that you know Susan needed to to disappear, and they had that leverage of her affair, and that, in my opinion, was something that was really she did not want her family to find out, her friends. She was really active in the church, and I think people really looked up, really liked Susan. She had a lot of friends in in their neighborhood, and um, and so if that ever came out, I think that that would have been just devastating to her. And um, I think that that made her make a decision to leave. And I think the hardest part in the theory of that is her two kids, right? She Mm -hmm. is a parent. And she, her boys were her everything. Her everything. My, My thought on that is Josh and Steven, potentially Steven, threatened them and they promised her if you leave, we won't, nothing will happen to the boys. Yeah. You'll be safe. We won't do anything to the boys. And I think she knew what Josh was capable of mm-hmm. and potentially Steven. Um, and so they left that night on December 6th. There is reports and, and the police look into them that the Powells were at the Flying J in Lake Point. So. Mm-hmm. If anybody is familiar with the geography here in, in Utah, specifically the Salt Lake area where they were, Lake Point's not too far around. It's really, obviously, it's Lake Point. It's right by 
the Great Salt Lake. Um, it's just west of here. You're probably from downtown Salt Lake. You're 20 or 30 minutes from here. It's kind of a big... There's a lot of trucks going through there, and they went to a Flying J. The report was that she was at a Flying J. Um, and I think that was her drop-off point. I think she either had prearranged or she left with... So do you think... What was the brother's name? Michael. So do you think Michael could have been the meetup, and then he transferred her Potentially. somewhere? Potentially. Oh, jeez. And wow. 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 That family was thick as thieves though, if you think about if you really yeah. look at it, they were pretty thick. Like they still to this date even Alina still said thinks that he's innocent. Yeah. yeah. Um although Jennifer, his other sister, wrote a book about all of it and she's more on Susan's She was always on Susan's oh. side and, and she kinda yeah. disowned that family because mm-hmm. of all that stuff that was going on and and um but I think it was prearranged that she would leave and I think you know, the boys, I think his Charlie statement that she was with them and then they left her, in my opinion, is they, they did leave her. I don't think she was dead. And she's potentially still out there. Um, so the question is, so I think I've, I've hit on um, kind of the evidence thing. Yeah. Um. They've done multiple, and one thing, there's been multiple searches for her body everywhere, right? The West Desert, Topaz Mountain, even up in Idaho. Yeah, they've gone all the way, basically that path through Idaho, Oregon, Seattle, like Washington, all of that. There's been so many searches, and her face was everywhere. Yeah, literally everywhere. Yeah, how do you, they've searched the mines. I don't even know. (laughs) So I don't, I know it's a stretch, right? I think. But I think that there's there's pieces, right? There's people, yeah. there's no physical evidence. Mm-hmm. They haven't found a body. She's still not declared as deceased. Um, so why not? So why not come forward now? I think that's well, the next step, right? Well, that's what I was, right? was so, going to say. I'm yeah. going to challenge you, though. Like, after the boys, after Josh, after Steve, Everything. everyone's gone. Why wouldn't she? But it could be the fear of, I left. What would you do? If it was you, what would you... Oh my gosh, that is the most impossible question. (laughs) What would you... I think it would be really hard to come back and show your face. I think it would too. Absolutely. I think you've been... like Because of your actions, your boys died, right? You were trying to protect them by leaving. Yeah. Yeah. But Which it really isn't her actions, but she obviously would put that on herself. But just imagine the scrutiny, the questions, all the stuff that she's going to have to go through now that Oh, I'm back. I'm still alive. So how yeah. easy is it to hide an identity is my question. Or well, how that's what I was going to say. Like, how, where, if she's still alive, where, how, how has she not been found? How has she not been seen? Like, where is she? Remember like, where would she be? crazy theory that she was, like, in Brazil with a lover. Like, I do would remember it, Do you that, think yeah. it would have to, it'd have to be another country? It, because I her just, face I was still, everywhere. I still think she would have been seen. If she was alive, I still think she would have been seen somewhere. But we also don't know the tips that were called in. I yeah. mean, police get tips every day. They right. could have they could have gotten something but not been able to investigate it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think that's a good like theory of what happened, but it just still blows my mind. It's like I I can't get over that like where would she be? How has she not been seen? Yeah. Like that's just yeah. what's <laughs> But that also sits in my head like if 
and I think, I don't know, this is a really good theory, but I think I also kind of still have stuck in my head that he did kill, I don't know, I'm, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know, course. you've done yeah. a good job convincing me. Yeah, oh, same. But <laughs> how would they not find the body? Like, Yeah, it's another thing, like, where would the body be? There was, by the end of this investigation, the West Valley City Police had yeah. spent close to a million dollars investigating yeah. That's this. insane. And, I mean, from just you know salaries investigation travel like Fly on volunteer people that doesn't exactly yeah. that doesn't count the time that volunteers and other departments put in mm-hmm. um to look for her body yeah i'm gonna take it one step further though <laughs> so that's what we're here for yes what if susan's parents know that she's still alive i thought about that when you said well that when she you was said still that it's still declared not declared missing. yeah right so there's still an unresolved issue with the life insurance money that is not Oh been... yeah. So if you remember Steven set up the trust or not excuse me Josh set up a trust and the life insurance money and the life insurance money went to the trust well through a series of events um Susan's father got appointed as trustee of the trust and removed Alina or the the, yeah. the rest of the Powell family as as beneficiaries of that trust. That's still in court being decided as far as, you know, was the, um, the Powells are actually pushing to have Susan's date of death be declared prior to Susan's father changing the beneficiaries. Alina and Josh's mom, I, I forget her name, but yeah. they they would be the their remaining beneficiaries of the trust. And again, um, Chuck Cox took them off as beneficiaries. But if they were beneficiaries as of the date that she died, then they would get the money. And okay. so, gotcha. so they're asking for her date of death to be before Chuck took them off as beneficiaries. So... The Coxes are fighting this now, obviously, yeah. and it's still in court, is that, you know, basically their their summation is that why should the Powells benefit from Josh's bad actions? Which is true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and to keep on the line of that the Coxes may know that she's still alive is that, you know, they they want that money so she can have that money. Yeah. And so... That's my theory. You could let's if you want to we can spend some time picking it apart. I think um you know there there's some you know there's some holes. I think the biggest is a parent, like I said earlier was mm-hmm. your kids, right? Yeah. yeah, but I also when you when we first talked about this before the show and you told me you had that theory, the first thing that came to me is yeah, as a parent though, if they were saying if you don't, then we'll do this. Of course you would. Like yeah, yeah I may never be able to visit my child again but they'll go on living their life and if that was promised to her then of course she would you know right. what i mean yeah. i mean i i'm not a parent so i don't know but i imagine like oh for sure yeah yeah and i think if we keep the crime separate because i think a lot of people say well josh killed the boys because they knew too much or they were involved in susan's death and i think that that's not the case i think josh had lost control he could do not have his kids anymore. 
Well, and actually, in that email he sent the attorney, I'm pretty sure he was like, I can't have my kids, I need my kids, and I think, I think there was a lot building up to that, but I think him losing control and not, like, you know, and especially if Susan was alive, the potential of her coming back, and I don't know, I just think it was a control thing, and so he took control. Yeah. My thought is that he, it was going to come out sooner rather than later that they found some incestuous pornography cartoon pornography on his computer um which led to him being or the the judge requiring him in the custody case to have a psychosexual evaluation and i think that he and again not to to get too down there but there was going to be some interesting he'd have to take a sexual polygraph to to measure certain things and so um I think he was just like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go through this. I don't want this to come out. I don't want. And again, I think that's just kind of has always been his MO. He he wants to have this polished image of who Josh Powell is. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he lost, he was going to lose control of that. And so, yeah. um, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Chance, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I kind of just threw my thoughts in as you're I talking, know. but I like, of course, no one wants to believe that. Susan's gone. That she's dead. That she was but killed. But do you want to believe that she's alive, watching this? Unfold That's either. Uh, you see, know what the, I mean. The next thing is, is like you also don't want to believe that. So it's hard to even like think about either of them yeah. actually happening. So listening to like the theories of it all, it's just it's so it's so much to like yeah. process about it because you while talking about one, you of course want to think that that's the right thing yeah. or what what happened, not the right thing, but what yeah. happened. But then you start talking about the other thing, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, too. So it yeah. all can make sense in any well, way. The, the, the fact of the matter is we don't know oh, all the yeah. details, and there are holes in both sides. Yes. Oh, for sure. And I think those holes are what's going to fill it in and make the difference, but we'll never we'll know them. We'll never, yeah. So. And that's, that's what's hard for me about this whole case is just that you don't know. Yeah. You're, you, you're not ever going to have the answers. And so that's the hardest part. Well, we'll get the answers when Susan shows up. <laughs> that wink. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a ride. Sheesh. It's crazy. Okay, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Have you thought this from like you know year day one year one or did it develop over the years? Like, what got you into this? Have you read this other places or have you developed this theory? On no, your own? I haven't read it other places. I think. Because I actually, when you told me that, I tried to look it up and I really couldn't find anything. There, no. Like, this is you, original. <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to, I, again, I love true crime. I think we all yeah. do, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I think in a lot of the stories we read, if it, you know, or podcasts that we listen to, which are so great, you know, from from serial oh, to... Classic. To <laughs> the godfather of it all. The, absolutely. Um, to Dr. Death, to oh. lots of... Yes. Pointing at each yes. other. <laughs> but we talk about physical evidence, right? You yeah. you have some physical evidence in serial. You have a lot, obviously, in Dr. Death, right? Mm-hmm. I go back to the Stephen Avery case in Making a Murderer, yeah. and there's really, you know, you can, there's a lot of holes in that. And from a physical evidence perspective, the way that the, that the prosecutors painted the picture of how she died, it comes back to physical evidence. And I think that was got what got me thinking about yeah. this is there really is very minimal 
physical evidence. Even when you talk about cell phone records and things like that, there was it's all very circumstantial. Yeah. yeah. And I think you know that was kind of my the antithesis of this is just like oh hey there's not a lot of physical evidence and this has been yeah. a big case for the last 13 years right and i Here. think cold just cracked it wide open oh, again completely. like this has yeah. been on everyone's radar yeah. yeah the last year the last six months so you know i've obviously you know <laughs> talked a lot about it my you know mackenzie and i talked a lot about yeah. it my wife and i have talked a lot about it and so um you know I know I like to sometimes play devil advocate, devil's advocate <laughs> yeah. as well, and I think, but I think that not in a sense of like trying to diminish what has happened, as I said earlier. But no, I think no, no. it's it, there's the potential that it's that there's something that you know we're not that detectives aren't looking at because they were so focused on Josh for so long, mm-hmm. and all the media attention was on Josh. Like everything has been pointed to him the whole time. Like it. I mean, if you were Susan, that was a great distraction, right? Because yeah. they were looking for her, but everything was focused on Josh. Like, yeah. you know, no one's thinking, oh, she left her kids and... No. Yeah, so... Like, when... I'm going to be honest. When you told... When you texted me back and you were like, Susan Powell, I was like, what? Yeah. That hasn't <laughs> even crossed my mind, but it's honestly, like... I don't know. I'm really impressed with the depth of your mind. It's really interesting and yeah. everything you've said. I'm... Yeah, I'm excited to... Think hear what listeners think because yeah, for sure I think it's some conspiracy theories like you're like there's no way but this you had evidence or not evidence but you had points you had actual instances that yeah there were holes but so were there in the case so it could make sense yeah <laughs> um you guys were amazing thank you thank you for coming you guys will definitely be regulars I'm excited oh, to talk more theories. Yes. I've got lots. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Definitely expect to hear them back. All right. Everyone have a great week. You'll hear from us next week and can't wait to see what comes next. Bye, guys. Bye. This episode of Makeup, Masking, and Murder is written and brought to you by me, Abby Hill, with special thanks to our amazing production manager, Brad Newfeld. Our theme song and music is written by David Evanhoff, owner of David Evanhoff Sound Designs, vocals by the amazing Emily Starr and David Evanhoff. Thank you to everyone who's made this possible, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>